0: Let's talk about Soderbergh. The dude won the Palme d'Or with his first movie, Sex, Lies, and Videotapes, in 1989, and then through the 90s, he just tried to make more movies, made seven movies in the 90s and never had anywhere near the same success. Then in 98, he releases Out of Sight, then The Limey in 1999, he's back and everyone loves him and he's rebranded as a crime movie guy, Uh, then something weird happens in 2000. He's back to Prestige. Two Best Picture nominations and two Best Director nominations, both in the year 2000. He won Best Director for Traffic, a movie that has maintained its relevance, telling three intercut storylines about illegal drug trade on the southern border. The movie he lost for was Aaron Brockovich, which we talk about today on Best Pictures.
1: Called boobs, Ed. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always...
0: Bite my ass, Krispy Kreme. I'm Mark Watlington. (laughs) How much is your uterus
1: worth?
2: I'm Chad Oliver.
1: Great. So, this is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive, like I said. And we are in the year 2000 currently. We talked about Chad's movie last week, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Mm. Now we are talking about Aaron Brockovich, which is Mark's pick. But before we talk about Julia Roberts' Oscar winning performance, we need to talk about what we went on down uh, and saw at our local cineplexes. Um, So Chad, what did you see, dog? I went and saw a movie called Beach Bum
2: and uh, it's my favorite movie of the year. Um,
1: Cody and I disagree on this movie <laughs> uh, uh i I think it's it's like beach bum, more like beach hmm, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and that hmm <laughs> is just full of 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 uh, of thoughts about the movie that you just are left um. With. Uh, Mark hasn't seen my, it.
0: My take is uh, Beach Bum, more like Beach, I wish you had seen this movie yet, Mark.
2: Yeah. yeah. I wish <laughs> you had be, too, yeah. so I, haven't I could seen talk it yet. more openly yeah. about it, because I really don't want to like get into too many of the details. But um, I'll say this. Uh, it's a movie that is stylized in a way that other times I've seen it, it kind of annoys me, this like elliptical editing style where you're constantly like cutting around things. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes it's jarring for me and I never really feel like I'm like in the scene, but in this movie it felt like it was intentionally used because like, I don't think this character ever felt like he was in a scene. I think he always felt like he was sort of drifting onto the next thing. McConaughey is just a blast to watch as he just goes from one ridiculous antic to the next. Um, And, uh, Yeah, it's just really, really good. I would go see the beach bum as soon as you can because it probably won't be in theaters for long. In fact, it's actually kind of been a
1: flop, which actually did shock me. I didn't love it. Didn't expect it to be
0: kind of a flop, though. Mm. And it
1: has been, which is
0: truly kind of wild. To what extent? I mean, I had no expectations for this movie to make a ton of money. How much money did like uh, Spring Breakers make?
1: Uh, this has done worse, I think, and opened on more screens.
0: Do you think it's
2: possible hmm. Spring Breakers had more was marketed as more like sex appeal, and then it brought in yep. more money?
1: I think. I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, it was Selena Gomez, Vanessa Hudgens shredding their Disney yeah. image. They're, James franken They're all being in wild. the bikinis on the posters, and yeah. it looks like just a sexy good romp time. Even though the movie is a lot more than that. Right. Yeah. It, um,
0: yes. That that was definitely how it was sold.
1: I think people went to see it because they were like, I have a crush on Selena Gomez. See. I don't know who would have gone to the theater for that purpose. And maybe they were surprised with a different, like, uh,
2: (laughs) right. I do feel like in a post season one of True Detective world, everyone is like so fascinated with this, like, free thinking, uh, hippie Matthew McConaughey type character that maybe like, but the, a, a lot of people didn't see serenity
1: either and uh i like serenity better. you like serenity <laughs> um, better
2: interesting. i still need to see serenity Serenity's Chad, fucking serenity. wild i like it beach bum's <laughs> wild
1: i know but wild in a different way yeah. like okay
0: fuck chat
1: do you know the twist of serenity yet i don't do not
0: look up the twist of serenity do anybody listening it. to this do
1: not look okay. it up just fucking go see that movie okay it's about a um, boat right Yep. yes
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean it is a, it, it is about a boat it's please. about a lot of things okay
1: um matthew McConaughey, so, uh in 2019 likes boats he does um so beach bum this past weekend made 494 yeah, thousand dollars which is, is not, not a lot of not money. good not great and it's only made three million total in two weekends what was the budget on it, this movie I'm sure it's not huge, but it's
0: probably
2: more than small. that. Probably like five mil at minimum. I would think at least ten mil actually.
1: Just because of the cast. Probably a little bit
0: bigger just to just to pay I mean for they got Matthew. Snoop
2: Dogg Isla Fisher,
1: uh, Matthew. And Madonna, I'm actually Hay, thinking of some Jonah of the Hill. stuff the stuff they do in the movie like might cost a little bit more. Uh budget of five. Them. Budget of five. So they yeah, okay. may break even, but I don't think so. I do feel like some of
2: those like I think Zach Efron and Jonah Hill were probably each there for like a day or two tops. Yeah, like yeah, I don't yeah, think they were, were like around much. And are, I
0: bet that they kind of wanted to make a movie with Harmony Korine, yeah. who seems yes. cool. Um,
1: Zach so Efron for, is so good in this movie. Can I just yeah, say no, he is he, he truly <laughs> is. I don't love this movie. I think all the performances are truly very good. Yeah. Um, even like Snoop Dogg, I think is great. Yeah,
2: it. Snoop Dogg's doing interesting stuff. He's kind of just yeah. doing his thing, but like it, yeah. it works. Jimmy Buffett uh, is just doing his thing and it works.
1: Jimmy Buffett, yep. Um, so for comparison's sake, Spring Breakers had a budget of five million and made thirty one point seven million. Man, yeah. yeah. So, so for it to not it even
2: make its five million budget
1: back, that's rough. is not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they opened it on more screens, but. Um, Yeah, it just uh, the elliptical editing that you talked about. Like, there are times where I love that, and I love it in Spring Breakers. Um, For this movie, it felt a bit messier to me. I also think this movie being an out-and-out comedy kind of muddled its message for me personally. It seems to be working for a lot of people, so that is completely valid. Um, Here's a legitimate question. Yeah. And I think the answer to this is No. Okay. Is there any chance like this gets a Matthew McConaughey Oscar nomination or is it no, way too early no. in the year and too I think weird? the yeah. movie's
2: going to have been forgotten come Oscar season I think by so too. the I just people to throw that matter for Oscars. Yeah. So I don't think okay. there's I mean, a chance. If this
0: movie, had made, this movie had made $100 million, then there's a chance. Or if it was uh, released but...
1: in like you know October November cuz it's neon they've had an oscar yeah. movie before with Itanya. but um now let me tell you he is going to
2: get a picky nom from this guy like that's just right. decided this is my, it's my favorite movie so far and it's mostly because of what he's doing so at the very least we're getting we're getting a matthew mcconaughey picky nom Mark and
1: I currently have the same favorite movie of twenty nineteen, which is a Soderbergh movie, and we will be talking about him very yes. shortly. But before we do, I want to know what in fact, Mark
0: of a, a Soderbergh movie very similar to that one. Yes. In some ways.
1: But before that, Mark, what have you seen at the Cineplex?
0: I have seen Shazam. Shazam uh, <laughs> a, a movie about a superhero who was never actually really named in that movie. Very. Although purposely. it's implied that right. his name is Shazam. It's not. Um, it's Captain Do they Marvel. call him Shazam in the next one?
1: They've got to, right?
0: Well, what's weird is that... Okay. Can I spoil the end of Shazam? Probably
1: not. Uh, no. There
0: is another character in the Shazam universe who uh-huh. is going to be in the sequel. Yes. Whose comic book character name is Captain Marvel Jr.
1: Sure, but th- I think they'll just have... Um, um, in, do you call him Shazam Junior? In in the credits, <laughs> it uses first name then Shazam is how it does it. Yeah, on yeah, IMDb. yeah.
0: But you, like, if you make a Shazam too, you can't do that. Why not? You know what I mean? You can't be like, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy no, Shazam. No, I think come that's here. literally
1: exactly what they're gonna do is just say the that's first name.
0: Dumb as fuck.
1: Um. So I was reading something where it's like apparently there's some kind of, like, legal agreement where Marvel has the rights to Captain Marvel in film, and so they can't call him Captain Marvel in the movie. Gotcha. But in the comics, like, they can still can. But, like, yeah. in the animated movies, he's called Shazam, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, talk about the movie. Talk about why it's good, and not um, just his I name. I
0: mean, um, Zachary Levi is just the greatest. Like, um, really good at it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he kind of has one mode, and that mode is, like, grown-up child which works sure. in Chuck, which is about a man child, mm-hmm. and it works in Shazam, which is about a, a child man. It kind of It also well, works more entangled
1: of a when he plays Flynn Rider. Yes, it does. It, it does. does.
2: Uh, it kind of shows or at least like accents to me how underutilized he was in the Thor movies. Oh, um, yes, annoyingly. Part, so. I mean, the movies
0: that we all forgot he was in. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he.
2: Well, he's only he's in one of them. So, no, he's in two, technically. He's in Ragnarok. Is he in Ragnarok? He for is in two Ragnarok, and well, he, he immediately dies. You know um, who else
0: is really good in the Thor movies? I mean, is underutilized in the Thor movies? Natalie Borman. Gal Gadot.
1: <laughs> Shut up. You're wrong. She's he's in You're saying right? something wrong. Wait, I'm no, saying- No, you're thinking no. of Jamie Alexander, That's yeah, what who it plays is. Lady Sif. Who.
0: Look, I, hey, I'm dumb. Hey, you are a little dumb. dumb, but
1: it's okay. It's fine. Ear baby Dumbo. Ear baby. But that's Dumbo. a movie we need to talk about. Maybe Cody gets two, but I'll do fast. No, anyway. I still haven't
0: seen it. <laughs> oh, you I haven't know, seen I, the Ear Baby I, yet? It's pretty bad. No, I'm really it's behind good. on movies. It's, it's my least favorite boy. movie of the year.
1: That's um, an insane damn. take. It's maybe you should watch more movies. Then I can go
0: to Letterbox? Maybe and see what my maybe, maybe movie I shouldn't watch more movies though. Is the
1: thing. Uh. Because I
2: did not have a good time in Dumbo.
1: Anyway, Shazam's good. It Shazam's made me cry. real good. <laughs> it's my. It's not my favorite superhero movie of the year. It. I loved it, and it still won't be my favorite superhero movie of the month. Hopefully, like yeah. it's wild favorite, that we live in that kind of world. Favorite DC
2: movie. DC. It is straight up my
1: favorite worlds of DC movie. It's
2: my. F- yeah, it's the best in the current cinematic universe that they're making. Like Are by they still a making country it? mile for me. Yeah, it's not even close. Like. Wonder Woman is pretty good. Aquaman is a blast for, like, irony reasons. Um, And Justice League, kind of the same story. It's a blast for irony reasons. (laughs) Justice...
1: I don't think us three n- ever need to watch Justice League again because we have the most perfect experience of walking out and being like, we were surprised. We love it. <laughs> and the thing is, that movie is bad. So we I, just were so d- shocked Cody, that it I, was functional. I, d- I did watch it again, and I
2: updated my Letterboxd review from a four-star to a two-star <laughs> because that's the kind of movie it is. Well, <laughs> like, I was, star was- thinking, yeah, four stars because my expectations were that low. Right. But then I watched these- one Marvel movie and- <laughs> It and it reset. went back.
0: Yeah, you figured it out again. I was just yeah. I was expecting a bad Zack Snyder movie, and instead I got a um, combination of a bad Zack Snyder movie and a bad Joss Whedon movie. Yep. Right. Um and, th- and that was just unexpected. That was the star. worst. I was caught both off runs. guard.
1: Well, speaking of expectations, I expected Shazam to be like Deadpool comedy, like the whole way through. Not the same, like Breaking the Fourth Wall. Right. I expected it to R-rated, be an out and out comedy, but, yeah. right? I expected it to be an out and out comedy. It's not. I I mean, it's good it that is. they marketed it that way. No, it's funny. It, it's it's a comedy. I, I think, would say in the way that the Ant Man movies are, comedies, yeah, yeah. which they like, are. But its, like at
2: its heart, I think both Ant Man and Shazam are more comedies than they are like. I, I, I hesitate to say action because like they are action. They're action comedies. Well,
1: let me add this asterisk to it. Is like. Shazam feels like a big family movie. Yeah. And we don't really have a ton of those anymore, and I know it's PG-13, but like, it still feels in the vein of like a, it's better than this movie, but like like a Jumanji, Uh like a... You know, uh, the late 90s kind like of. Like a
2: sky uh, high, but better than sky but
1: high. But better. Yeah. It feels like that to me where it's like, it's funny, it's got things for the parents and it's got things for the yeah. kids and it has an emotional through line. And like also, it feels like a Chris Columbus but, movie kind of in the yeah. best way. Yep. But yeah.
2: also, but since it's directed by freaking David Sandberg, it has nightmare creatures from hell that like But, but if you think about like you.
1: a lot of the like kids movies that we grew up loving have yeah. fucking horrifying things. Yeah, for bed.
2: sure. I'm not saying that's a bad thing or that it makes right. it less of a family movie. It's just like interesting because you don't see that a lot in movies that feel like this. You don't yeah. see the like the seven deadly sins are pretty right. quickly yeah. in the movie identified as like they're like the monsters of this movie. Yes. And, and they're like
0: the literally the seven strongest demons yeah. ever. Yeah. And they're
2: terrifying um, on screen. They're see, similar to James Wan's like Aquaman uh, underwater. The... Nightmare. The trench, the
0: trench, the trench, yeah. the trench. Um, I just, I didn't think that the the seven deadly Sens were that. I didn't like their really their design very much. Oh, at all. Oh, I love their design. I thought that was really? one of the weaker points of the film. Interesting. Yeah. Well,
1: I think I think every creature design right now is the demogorgon, which is kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I, that's I think like a really that's big the mouth. design and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um I guess. So, Chad, I cut this part out Boy if it's too much like. of a spoiler. But my cur- my favorite part of the movie I have two favorite parts of the movie one is the emotional through line which I'm not gonna ruin but I uh, very I relate so to emotionally and that's why it made me cry
2: sort of established I don't know yeah what it's so saying? quickly established
1: that emotional through line like I oh yeah it's, it's not it uh, a spoiler yeah well uh, the resolution is the, is the part yeah, sure. that got me the most yeah, yeah, yeah. well
0: but like that's kind of uh, you know that it's gonna be resolved because it's a superhero movie Sure, it being so like, resolved
1: the specific way it did was not what I expected because it was so close to like true life experience that I don't necessarily see a lot on movies. Mm-hmm. But anyway- it's very good. But my favorite bit in the movie is when he's fighting with the bad guy and the bad guy is giving a villain speech. But the <laughs> bad guy is very far away. <laughs> and so they're, they're, like, calling out something that happens in superhero movies and we just accept yeah. it. Like, oh, they're miles away, but it's superhero stuff. They can hear him, But right. he, the whole time he's like, I don't know what you're saying. It's a no, good, It was a very good bit.
2: bit. And it's something that, like, people have sort of... Uh, made fun of the avengers movies for i guess they just all have this understood they have an earpiece in they're have an earpiece but they're yeah. communicating
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah so far away yeah well, we similar, just assume they did. it's well they have super hearing but it's very much like <laughs> a course. how it should have ended style thing where like n- not to like i i think that how it should have ended is one of the better of the like cinema things things that YouTube i find channels. super annoying yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that cinema say, like how it should have ended is more like let's just make jokes about this movie instead of like mm-hmm. let's cr- critique this movie Yeah. Um, Yeah. There still
2: seems to be an adoration of the movie. Yes.
0: Yeah. It is very okay enough about how it should have ended the thing that i liked <laughs> 10 years ago um right. I, it's very much one of those jokes but it's fun to see that in the movie and kind of like you know addressing the fact that mm-hmm. hey it's goofy that this it's happens. when
2: ant-man right. and the wasp are wearing baseball hats and sunglasses
0: and yeah Ant- they're Ant-Man like how calls the fuck is this gonna work we just yeah. look like
2: us at a baseball game
0: <laughs> it's it's literally exactly that <laughs> yeah
1: god that joke is so good, it's a good joke. um okay um okay Here's what I saw at the Cineplex. I'm not going to talk about Pet Cemetery really because neither one of you boys have seen it, and we may talk about it once you guys have. Sure. But it honestly was sort of like I felt utterly ambivalent about the whole thing. <laughs> There's just like not that much interesting. And you're a to Stephen it. King boy, so yeah. And I haven't read the book, so I don't know how close it is or isn't close to it. It just like. So what Stephen King is really good at is really getting at the character drama elements of horror and like kind of delving into relationships and why people do what they do, et cetera, et cetera. This movie gets rid of all of that for kind of a standard like horror movie, like set up and payoff. Yeah. So I just I just don't find it that interesting. Well, the movie that I do wanna The movie that I do wanna talk about that Chad has seen is Tim Burton's Dumbo. It's bad a movie A movie that I truly liked a ton, um, and kind of was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Um, I was surprised how
2: much I didn't enjoy it because, like,
1: I thought—yeah, your intense reaction is surprising to me. I I thought you would have been like on the fence more. I thought after
2: Christopher Robin, like, I was just going to be on board for these live-action Disney movies because I, because of how much I loved Christopher Robin. But Mm -hmm. I think my. I don't know. It, it's not just my childhood attachment to Pooh that made me love that movie, because it al- it's also just a good movie. Yeah, um, Dumbo just felt lazy in all the other ways. Like the character design on Dumbo was very good. Super uh, good. Yeah. Every time he flew, I was I like felt it like at an emotional level. But then all the human stuff was just so lazy. All the people stuff, I just did not connect to in any way really they tried to do this thing where like all the circus freaks had like a payoff in the end and then i was just like i don't even know who this person is and they're trying to give him like an emotional payoff with no setup that's just, just background this weird... stuff. They,
1: like that that's not really the point it's the part of think... the movie n- no the, 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 the circus stuff is like it, their payoff I- at the end is working at a different circus and doing what they love. We don't need a full thing about that. I I'm i talking don't think about be, other
2: things, but.
1: I think that, um, I don't think the, kid, the kids are bad. They're the very kids are bad. Their performances
2: bad are it. underwhelming. Like things that are uh, magical, like an elephant flew in front of them and they give nothing. I feel yeah, like Tim Burton was just like, uh, on the 100th take, he said, let's get less again. Okay, so over over. here's the
1: thing. <laughs> this may be why the movie works for me a little bit more because I've been watching a bunch of Tim Burton stuff. Right. And so I've been watching a lot of recent Tim Burton stuff, which is a lot worse than this. So I think it looks very good by comparison, but I also, it's one of those things where I've realized Tim Burton is not good at directing actors. Anytime an actor has been good in a Tim Burton movie, it's because they have dialed in exactly to what the movie is and have run away with it. I think Tim Burton's very good at like ideas and tone and style, but if you're not dialed in, it doesn't work. I think Colin Farrell is good in this movie. I think Danny DeVito is good in this movie. And I think Michael Keaton.
2: DeVito, I liked watching Keaton and and Farrell were both boring to me.
1: No, Michael Keaton, I think rules in this movie. I think, yeah, he does a very specific thing towards the end that I love a lot. I think this movie, like the first 45 minutes or so, that is the actual remake of the um, cartoon, Mm -hmm. I really liked from top to bottom, and I think it gets messy towards the second And third half, Uh, but I still like overall enjoyed it a lot. It's the best looking a Tim Burton movie has been in a while because he's not (laughs) using a ton of garish CGI. It's better looking
2: than like Alice in Wonderland
1: for (laughs) sure. Which like is one of the ugliest films like ever made, (laughs) truly. Um, Um, I don't know. But
2: there's also other things where it just felt like at a certain point they were doing like the drunk Dumbo scene, but it's just like bubbles randomly started dancing and it's like, oh, I guess we're doing. The drunk Dumbo scene now, like I guess it's
1: time. Yeah, they, they they weirdly like, like it was like just cut it out if you're not that invested. Yeah, in it. There, there were like I, the I'm,
2: storks I, like I, show up, but like not really. And like
1: yeah, I just I don't know. I I don't know. I also really love the original Dumbo um because I had never seen it and watched it like in the past like seven months. Oh, interesting. And so like I, real, I had
2: a childhood connection to it.
1: Really, yeah. I um. I would never seen it and was like truly blown away. And it's fascinating from a historical thing. And I promise I'm only going to get into Disney history for like three seconds and then you guys can stop me and we can move on. But Dumbo was made very cheaply, mm-hmm. the original, very cheaply because Disney had a like couple movies that had cost a lot come out before and did not necessarily do that well at the time. Like Pinocchio, shockingly, um, people remember it super well. It didn't do and its well at the age. time though? It did not do well at the time. Fantasia didn't do that well at the time. So they made Dumbo on the super cheap, and then it made a fuck ton of money. And so Dumbo kind of saved Disney. Um, And so it's fascinating that in 2019, Dumbo is remade on a fucking huge budget and is, like, bombing. It is bombing. Like, that Mm -hmm. movie is not doing that well. Mm -hmm. Um, And... There's part of me that is frustrated by that, even if the movie is not that good, because the movies that will do well this summer will be Aladdin and The Lion King. And if you think means- Aladdin's going to do well. Yes, it will. I think Disney is going to learn the wrong lessons and be like, oh, I guess all the remakes should be the most recent ones instead of doing things like diving into the back catalog and picking, if they're going to do a live a- action adaptation, do something that didn't do as well or is little seen now so, instead of doing ones that we still care about. But I think those are going to make money. They're so are, you, are you thinking they're
2: going like, to take what they learned here and decide to make
1: like, Tangled and Frozen live action? like not right away but kind of that yes yeah. like i think we go through all the disney renaissance movies like instead of like harness. well they're not doing that one but Why not? but like they they need to do like black cauldron which nobody remembers or you know movies Dude, like that if to, they to, were like, to start, bring
2: back if they were to start making like atlantis or treasure planet era disney exactly i would love
1: that <laughs> I think that's what they should do if they're going to do this live action thing. Uh, treasure
2: Planet um, is the weirdest pitch and I freaking love it. it yeah. th- it's like literal space pirates and it's so good. Well, it's, literally treasure, island, it's but
0: literally treasure Island. It's literally Treasure Island. which Disney had already
1: made twice before. Um, Did they make Muppets. the Muppets Treasure Island? Muppets Treasure Island and then there's a 1950 Treasure Island. Right. Um, Disney actually didn't make Muppet Treasure Island. But no. they own it
2: now. They own it because they know they own the henson company right nope no nope. they
1: own muppets
0: oh the henson company is separate the, now. the production oh. company that makes the physical muppets and yeah, then
1: they have. make that like they now run sesame street and a bunch of the
0: other stuff but yeah. muppets are separate from that's them. why
2: sesame streets on hbo, HBO. HBO. yeah got it Hey, i um,
0: mentioned that danny devito was good in that movie yeah he's yep. real good you know what he's also good at producing aaron brokovich
1: he did produce <laughs> he this did. movie. He did. That yeah. was a
2: surprise as I turned on the movie today to prepare.
1: Shit. Um, I should have written that down. So you guys know how I normally do Best Pictures alumni. Yeah. I couldn't find any for this he one. He
0: might be the only one. Danny DeVito would be in? it.
1: He produced Pulp Fiction. <laughs> he produced Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> we have not talked about Danny DeVito the actor yet. We but have just Danny talked Vito, about Danny DeVito the producer. That's great. Um, Are we going to
2: cover Danny DeVito the actor? probably mm. not on this podcast
1: until we get into like the weird we'll post best
2: movie of our lifetime debate.
1: I don't think so because closest for me would probably be big fish because that movie makes me sob at the end, but I think it's messy kind of throughout. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not my favorite of that particular year. Um, Dumbo is not my favorite of this year. Right. Yeah. Probably we're not going to talk about Danny DeVito, the actor. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Um, Yeah, we already missed Hercules, which was our other chance.
0: (laughs) I think of the people in this cast, the only person that we might see again is...
1: Julia Roberts.
0: Aaron Eckert.
1: Okay, but also Julia Roberts.
0: Aren't you
2: going to pick Oceans for you? Oh, you're right. You're (laughs) right.
0: She's in Oceans 11.
1: And Steven Soderbergh will come up again. Of course,
0: but directors don't count. They do do. count We We
1: we call them out when they show up. I call them out because the Coens have showed up a couple times. I feel like
0: Spielberg is inherently called out when we pick a movie.
1: Albert Finney could come again if I decided to do Big Fish, but I'm not. So um, yeah. but he's good in that movie, too. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about Aaron Brockovich. Um, um, but before we do, let's talk about our relationship with a little bit. Sure. Um, Chad, had you ever seen this movie before? Uh, I did in college. I
2: think we were in the same class that required us to watch this for
1: screenwriting. Wait. Did I have to? No, no, no. I wasn't in that.
2: Oh, you weren't class. in 101. You, we were in 102 nope. together, or 201, yes. whatever it was called. Uh, but yeah,
1: yeah. My first screenwriting class was all about writing TV. Right. right.
2: Okay. So I had Weinstein, yeah. not Harvey. Anna, Anna Weinstein, <laughs> the good Weinstein. Um, <laughs> I had her for 101, and she, um, she had us watch a bunch of movies. This was one of
1: them. So that was that's first fascinating because it song. is, I think, a perfect script. It's true. Really yeah,
0: good script. Yep. You know who wrote this script? I Person know it was a Pocahontas. female writer. Oh, yay. Yeah.
1: That movie's rough, but, you know, glad she got work after it. Yeah, but it's it, just
0: interesting that she went from Pocahontas to this, where, you know, this character is much more foul. She also um, was the one of the major writers in Party of Five, the TV show.
1: Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I know recently she wrote The Fifth Wave, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is that Chloe Grace Moretz movie none of us watched. She I also forgot
0: it existed
1: yep wrote charlotte's
0: wrote, web i was gonna say that the remake of course
1: yeah uh the soloist that robert downey jr movie where oh, he yeah. was attempting to win an oscar right that after. was the
2: jamie fox he's like yes. a celloist on the streets and then yes oh yeah it's wonderful weird, yeah. white uh Robbie yes downey it's jr. a white savior him. movie a hundred percent
1: i haven't seen it i read the book the book is that yeah um the trailer is that i haven't seen is it many, that yeah yet, but <laughs> Um, Mark, you clearly had seen this before. Was it just through a Soderbergh yeah. watch well, though? Well, it
0: was actually... I, I was originally going to pick the other Soderbergh movie from this year, um, Traffic, mm-hmm. which is really good. But I sat down to watch through the Best Picture nominees this year. And I was like having a weird day and I was like, I need to watch something. I'll watch this like, Soderbergh movie because I'm probably going to like it. And it genuinely made my day so much better that I had to pick, change my pick. Because this this movie is just like... A Breath of fresh air in a lot of ways, even though I, it isn't necessarily light, it is no. like Mm-mm. you know, there are serious things in it, um, and it's but fun it is and, just like a know. success, you know, um, stick it to the man kind of movie.
1: I think this is a better movie than Traffic, easily, um, because I and has aged better, so I don't think Traffic is bad, but I think you watch Traffic and you're like, holy fuck, this is a 2000s movie yes. with all the like filters and shit that are on it like it feels very like well i think um, that's
0: actually kind of cool and interesting
1: i think it's cool and interesting it just feels very of the era which isn't inherently bad it just it kind of reminds me of those commercials that used to play on dvds The like yeah. you yeah, would steal, steal a car, car. <laughs> um but like what right. that's kind of how you, that movie looks do
2: you not bit. feel aaron Brockovich feels like of an era
1: Well, so... Sort of, but in less of an obvious way.
0: Right. So the way that traffic works is it's three distinct stories, uh, and the way that you differentiate the story is there is, like, a heavy filter, filter. like, blue, yellow, or red, or maybe it's green, filter on each storyline. So it is, like a completely different color of movie you're watching. Yeah, that does uh, sound is, very 2000s. It is it is very 2000s. It was before it's this. Interesting. It was 1998 you said? No, it's 2000. Oh, it is 2000. The year weird. Oh yeah, the, the same year exact year as yeah, this. yeah. 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 Uh, and they're both nominated for best picture and they're both nominated, nominated for best director. I think is, the reason I don't know if anyone's going to have two best pic well
1: I don't think it'll ever happen
0: again. I not It don't. might not. It had not happened since 90 since 38, 1938. Yeah, I don't um, think it will whoa. happen ever again, I think it's truly. probably easier now because there are more options, right? You you yeah. would be like 20% of the nominees as opposed to him being 40% of the nominees. Um, but I don't think it will ever happen again. Oh, it's, what I'm saying insane. is I don't think
1: there will ever be a double best director again. Maybe oh, no. they could get two movies no. in. That a double, a double best
0: again. director is crazy.
1: And, yeah, and I think w- the Oscars work so much now in the spread the wealth kind of mentality, um, even in what wins stuff. Yeah. Like we, we're not gonna have sweeps or anything. I think honestly, um, it should
2: him. have happened in '93 with uh, Spielberg.
0: I mean, it could have. It, it very should. well could have. Fuck! It should have. It really. Sh- that, that should have been
2: Jurassic the last Park. time it happened. Yeah, for real.
0: And Spielberg is one of the only people who can put out two movies like in the same year anymore um, other, than Soderberg. other than Soderbergh other than Soderbergh who has like said on paper I want to make a movie every nine months which yeah. is insane what a
2: crazy boy um, I mean he's already got High Flying Bird this year and he's got another one coming out in the fall right yeah, yeah laundromat laundromat
0: coming out in the fall which is which about the s- Panama, Panama papers. papers yeah it sounds
2: even better than High Flying Bird <laughs> so I feel I like know. High Flying Bird will also be forgotten come Oscar season I know you boys like it a lot I, it I will. agree it yeah. will
1: I think Laundromat is his Oscar play. Yeah. yeah. I do. Um, I think High Flying Bird's a bit too weird for um, Oscars. Florida Project is a bit more straightforward, and it still was a bit too weird for the Oscars, you know? I don't think like High
0: it, Flying Bird is that
1: weird. I think the iPhone thing, I really
2: I think mean, that is. Sure, I mean, well, sure. Florida Project wasn't shot
0: on iPhone. The end is. Oh, um, uh, true. Well, yeah, but yeah. well that's just the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that like it doesn't necessarily look like it's shot on an iPhone as – as much as other iPhone movies have been, right? It is like, say, insane. 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 Yeah. It, you know, Tangerine isn't super iPhoney. Um, uh, it is. It is. I don't know.
2: I see it in all of them, but High Flying Bird is the least jarring,
0: I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, are we done sucking Soderberg off? Are I we...
0: mean, I'll I'll give him a break, but <laughs> I'll be um, right back.
1: No, I mean it's it's deserved. Like, um, yeah. So so. Chad, you were asking me, does this not feel of an era to me? Yeah. It does, but because this is a period piece, right. I'm able to accept it a little bit it, more.
2: Honestly, it feels more like a movie made in the '90s than it feels like a 2000 movie, and it's set in '93 okay, through '94, '95. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when it's set. It's yeah. set
1: like when we were born. Yeah. But okay, I will tell you the one thing. I love this movie. It's like a four and a half or a four, me I think. Um, maybe I even bumped it up to five. I can't remember. I put it but there now. is one choice that is so fucking 2000s, and I was going to talk about it when we got to it, but it just feels natural here. Is it the sure. music? It is the movie <laughs> the ending cra- on the Sheryl Crow song. Yeah. <laughs> yes. every, every day is a winding road. <laughs> <Every> <laughs> I cannot believe we have an Oscar-nominated movie that ends with that. <laughs> that is, But that's the insane. one moment uh, in the movie yeah. where I was like, I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> feels a little dated. Uh, Yeah, but but no, I I was on board with I was watching the movie and Laura came in um, at toward the end and uh, we both just laughed out loud at that uh, that needle drop (laughs) because it was it was a funny choice.
1: It's inexplicable almost. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the plot a little bit, boys. Sure. Um, So it's 1993. Erin Brockovich is a single mother with three kids who is looking for work. She gets in a car accident and is injured and is trying to sue the person who she was in the wreck with. Her lawyer, Ed, played by Albert Finney, thinks the case is a surefire win, but her confrontational attitude on the witness stand loses the case. Um, afterwards, Ed will not return her call, leading Erin to show up and essentially demand herself into a job, which Ed reluct- reluctantly gives her. She's looked down on by the other employees in the office. So that's how they kind of like get together.
3: Yeah, um,
2: Now she
1: starts working for the law office.
2: Immediately um, uh, you just sort of fall in love with this character. Yes. She's abrasive, but like in a way that Every time she's abrasive, it's like in a way to stand up for herself, and like for when people are like making assumptions about her, and you totally have her back every time. Um, yeah, she's she's a delight. She's wonderful.
0: Yeah, I think I think one of the moments that I really like, I, I you're right, everything she does up to this point is like it's abrasive, but you know, it's worth being abrasive about because she's right. like the most down on her luck person you can possibly imagine. But I love when she goes to the office and literally begs for a job and you can really see like her, her backbone and her work ethic of like, you just, just, I know you're going to give me a job. So give it to Mm -hmm. me.
1: Well, because he says, I'm not hiring. We don't need employees. And she was like, well, you guys can't answer the fucking phone. So clearly (laughs) you need employees, which that rules.
0: (laughs) And the whole time she's like cursing out everyone who's like watching them have a fight in public. Right. Yeah. Like so it's great.
2: constantly with the secretary. She's just saying like nobody asked you. Like we're yeah. having a conversation. I see um,
0: you watching me. Yeah. Right. All that stuff. Um, that's great. Um.
2: So
1: so Julia Roberts is phenomenal in this movie. Yeah. She won Best Actress at the Academy Awards. Good, good job, Academy. You did good <laughs> on this one. Um. But she. So she's been nominated for a total of four times, including the um Aaron Brockovich win. So what else do you guys think she got nominated for? Oh gosh. Um. um Boy.
0: I was about to look it up.
2: Are most of it w- are some of it before this movie, or are they like after this yeah. movie?
1: Yeah, two two before and one after. Two before
0: it, one it's after. It's not pretty woman, is it? It is pretty woman, okay, I, which I is pretty kind pretty of woman. bizarre. Yeah. Um, it's which definitely I one of her most movie. iconic roles.
1: It is, and she's good in it. I just think that movie is k- kind of bad.
0: I mean, it's just uh, a fucking Pygmalion. You know what I mean? I mean that's exactly what it is. Yeah. All, yeah.
1: all I can think of post this movie and
2: this like sucks. It's more about me not knowing my Julia Roberts movies, but it's like your your Oceans movies and your uh-huh. uh, Mirror and you. Mirrors.
0: What was to watch she? What was the one she was just in with the kid with the? Face? Oh, Ben is back. Wonder
1: she was in Wonder. Wonder she
2: was also in Ben is back. Also Ben, ben is, is back. back.
1: She's um, very good in the show Homecoming, also. But none okay, of this so was
2: her she in Eat Pray
0: Love, or was that Meryl? That was Meryl. No, she's E Pray Love. Oh, so is she yeah, nominated I was right. for that? Fuck no. no. Oh, okay.
1: Um, okay, so the first one came out in 1989. It is a classic that is loved by a lot of people. It stars a musician. A music, maybe she's not the star, but a musician is in it.
0: Um, I got no idea. Do I know the director? Uh, um, nope. <laughs>
1: uh, it's is the a musician
0: uh, that stars a dude.
1: Nope, female musician. Female um, musician. We love her. Who's the male lead? We. Love there her. is no male lead. Is that the I female musician <laughs> Is it Cher? Yes, it's a Dolly, Dolly? Parton movie. What? Yeah, Parton okay,
2: movie. I definitely don't know it. It's. it's, not it's not so not there five. are
1: six people above the title, and they are all women. Love um, that.
2: nine to five.
0: I I don't know. It's
1: nope. not eighty nine. People are screaming. Oh, our friend Leela is screaming. Yeah, yeah I she's I I mad. don't know
0: my Dolly movies. It's it's a shame. <laughs> I love her,
2: but like I just don't know my Dolly movies. I haven't seen.
1: I get one. this confused with another movie all the time. I
0: think I do too, and I can only think of one of them. It's not Fried Green Tomatoes.
1: Right. It's the other one. That's all, yeah, that is definitely the one I the get other confused one.
2: with. Country Fried.
1: I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's still magnolias uh, which uh, people are probably uh, pissed at us that we yeah. get that confused with fried green tomatoes but i swear i also mark always get yep. those two mixed up yeah. um and so the last one i can give more specific clues about what year it, uh 2013 it serves oh. a bunch of famous people um and i think mark saw this movie with his mom
0: <laughs> well <that laughs> it's about a shitty mom oh uh you're right. I did. August Osage County.
1: Correct. Oh. She somehow got a nomination for that movie. We've all forgotten. She's good in it. Is the thing. Yeah. People and were so crazy about
2: that movie when it came out.
1: They and were. Don't and watch it with your mom.
2: <laughs> don't.
0: It's about what, a bad mom.
2: What if my mom is wonderful?
0: Well and then, still. maybe maybe say, "Hey, let's watch this movie." It's not about you. Okay, my mom was also wonderful. Okay, but yeah. I, like I didn't
2: she, mean to say anything about you.
0: Yeah, brother, but I watched it with her, and she was like, "You don't think of me that?" I was like, "No, of course not." <laughs> but it
1: but it's so like worse to... than watching like Lady Bird with your mom, yeah. right? Because that right. one's about realizing your mom's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> also watched that with my mom, and so she had the same reaction. We just need yeah. to set a
2: precedent before watching the yes. movie
1: together. Yeah. Okay. Cool. i like meant to watch like that was when i was aware of movies i think mm. mark and i knew each other at that point yeah and i still just didn't bother but i i, I want to watch it at some point but
0: it's uh, good it's very much a play in that there is like an act break and then like some plot lines just show up in the second act and you're like oh okay
1: yeah it, it seemed very play yeah. to me like yes. I, it yeah. is a play yeah, literally is a play, but it
0: didn't seem like the adaptation did necessarily. Uh,
2: so Julia that. Roberts is working at a law office.
1: Yes, sorry.
0: <laughs> hold on, hold on. I do want to go back to Julia Roberts. Do you feel like this is like against part or against type or like in a Julia Roberts type role?
1: I think at this time it's kind of of her type or her returning to type because, like in Pretty Woman, she played. A prostitute, a, a foul-mouthed, yeah,
0: woman who you know has her wits about her. I, I and agree. In
1: this in this one, she is still playing like hypersexualized, but using that kind of yeah. subverting
0: that to a degree. Yeah, it, it makes yeah. sense to
1: me. Her casting and Julia Roberts is such a fucking good actress. But I also was not watching the rom-com Julia Roberts era or any of the other stuff, so yeah. I don't really know for sure. Yeah, um, it makes sense. But with Pretty Woman before
2: this, it, it kind of makes it sense makes to sense me. that the Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman is in this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so sure. too. Yeah. Um, so Aaron is given files to take care of from a real estate case where PG&E doesn't matter what it stands for, but it's a gas and electric company—power, gas, bu- and electric. That's I think that's what it stands for. <laughs> I do think it stands for that. Um, are trying to buy the house of Donna Jensen, a resident of Hinckley, California, which is close to PG&E property. Pacific Aaron, Gas and Electric. Sorry. Oh, Pacific. Yep. Cool. Uh, Aaron is confused as to why there's medical records in the files, but Donna says she just stuck everything to do with PG&E together, and since they help provide the doctors for her visits to treat her tumors and her husband's lymphoma, she put the... Pi- files together pg and e have been telling the residents of hinkley that there is a good form of chromium that has been in the water when in reality it's a different version of chromium that's harmful yeah so a
2: lot of a lot of red flags all all over this whole situation
0: um yeah it's it's shitty it's very like flint-esque of like Mm yeah the whole town's water is fucked and well in this movie, no one really knew it, um, right. but it is ruining everyone's lives.
1: What and, and what's the wildest thing is PG&E, like, told the residents about Chromium, and held a seminar, but then talked about how good it was. So yeah, they could get away the, with giving, like, notification about it. Yeah. But then they were kind of deliberately misleading. And, like, there's part of you that at moments are like, man, these townspeople are dumb. How'd they not put it together? But the truth is, like, you don't, put all those pieces together sometimes like you just right. think of things as coincidences. Yeah. And don't like you need an outsider to come in. I mean, nobody else in the law office seemingly noticed any of those things. It yeah. just took somebody who didn't have a lawyer brain or a brain of anybody from Hinkley to just look at this and be like, what? Yeah. I don't just, get just, this. What's going on?
0: She is just curious and is industrious and works her way to answering her questions and getting to the bottom of things.
1: Right, and so Aaron, after asking Ed if she can check into this, comes back after several days of investigating to find all of her possessions removed from her desk. She has been hired for not showing up to work. During the time she had been investigating, her kids have been watched by her biker neighbor, George, who she has slowly been falling in love with. So here's the thing about the George character. He's the best. I He rules, and... um. When I was working through the plot summary, if you just look at the plot summary, George is literally never mentioned. Yeah. Because he's not that relevant to the overall big plot of this movie. Yeah. But the character moments and where she develops, Mm -hmm. I think he's very key to it. And he is a character that, like, I do not understand how he works at all. (laughs) Like, I'm like, he looks weird. He's way, like, he's... He's well, a complex character. Like, I think it just, it, it, they do such a good job with him.
0: What's interesting is that, like, the same with Aaron. She looks a certain way, and just looking at her, you wouldn't expect her to be the kind of person that she is. Right. And he is very similar in that you look at him and you think he's a biker, but he's actually, like, a really loving partner and a, and a good caretaker. Yeah, um, really good with the kids. Really, really great with yeah. the kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, And that's the first
2: time you not the first time you meet him, because the first time you meet him, he's just being loud outside. But the second time you see him is when his her babysitter just like drops off the kids with him without checking Mm -hmm. with Aaron. And it all worked out fine. Like he grilled burgers and played cards with them and he was great. And uh, yeah, that's when she started to trust him was after that.
1: I think if I was in acting and having to do a lot of monologues a lot, I would definitely pull a lot of Julia Roberts from this movie. Because the monologue she gives when um, Aaron Eckhart asks for her number, Uh and she's like, I've got some numbers for you, 10. That's the name of my, or that's how old, the age of my oldest son. Here's some more for you, eight. Like, if she just runs through it. Like, God, the monologues in this are so fucking good. The
2: screenwriter here, like, at some points in the movie, it's almost like, annoying how proud of herself the screenwriter must be for like how how snappy and perfect these monologues are well i think, think we like watched this movie when we were in the uh monologues like chapter mm-hmm. of our uh of our course well, because well, they're so good but like there's just so many so good ones that at a certain right. point in the movie it becomes like not alienating but almost like
0: but like that is her superpower is like having these monologues and and also like that's how she vents as well you know being able to Mm -hmm. say like hey fuck you don't underestimate me i have so much in my brain and i can just spew it at you until you're Mm -hmm. overwhelmed and then i win yeah the
1: dialogue feels kind of dare I say, Sorkin-esque at times. It does. And as as somebody who is a sucker for Sorkin dialogue, I just was like, yep, which clearly this was its own thing, but it still had that kind of rhythm of like, Mm -hmm. the the, the scene where she tells off the lawyers for not knowing about the Hinkley people Mm -hmm. in the boardroom is very reminiscent of the scene where Zuckerberg tells people off in social network um yeah god i want to watch social well
0: network. i mean that's that's a Pooker lot of that's yeah. a lot of soderbergh dialogue is just very like snappy and quick and you know i
1: think high-flying bird is a lot like that too. absolutely
0: yeah. yeah i mean yeah. fucking oceans 11 has the yes. best dialogue yeah. um We'll get to that next year. I'm so excited for that episode. It's going to be a five-hour episode. I hate to tell you guys. <laughs> God. I'll
1: try to keep us on track. That one's going to be hard because like, the plan gets a little confusing. <laughs> so the yeah. plot will be. Um, and mm, also, spoiler alert, for 2001, we're doing a literal fucking nine-hour movie. So um, it's going to be very easy-breezy for the boy who writes the um, uh, plot summaries. I beg your pardon? Uh, your three-hour long Pick, Chad? Uh, you said
2: literally nine, and that got me scared about what the
1: best picture <laughs> nominee was. Oh, oh, okay. so, <laughs> yeah, okay. it's it's
0: fucking um, it. Shalom or whatever that um, <laughs> Holocaust. Right. or the is.
1: or the Decalogue or
0: whatever that <laughs> yeah, is. what it's, it's that Decalogue. Was it's easy, ten though. movies. Uh, yeah, but
2: yeah, Fellowship of the Ring. That's so accessible and fun. We'll have a good time. Sure, with it. sure. We're not doing. Did the I tell you? Okay. editions. I, we're doing I, theatrical because theatrical is what got nominated, or those were the ones that were. Released in two thousand one, and we're not we're eligible
0: for Oscars. So those Yeah, are the it's, only, it's only two hours forty or whatever. Yeah, right.
1: Well, that is true because we do have to talk about Return of the King because it won Best Picture, and we would if we if we were doing extended for the other ones, we like would have a like beholden to yeah. watch the theatrical because that no, is what the, won Best the, Picture.
2: The freaking extended editions, they're just like it's a waste of time because. <laughs> The theatricals Time is short. The theatricals are perfect. <laughs> awesome. The way I see, uh, they tell the story succinctly and perfectly. And the studios were right in telling Peter Jackson, "Hey, a movie shouldn't be four hours long. Cut this yeah. down because you don't need all these scenes. They're kind of dumb." Yeah. sometimes I have a lot to say. Um, I'll, I'll, so, I'll save my take. Yeah, for save it. For but next year. I
1: was gonna save this anecdote for Fellowship of the Ring, but we're talking about it now, so I'll yeah. bring it up. I was literally at Walmart. I own the extended editions. They are signed by Sean Astin. Never have watched them. And I truly have been like being like, fuck, I don't have another way to watch these. Like, I don't want to watch the extended editions because that's so much time. And if I'm taking notes, et cetera, et cetera. You're not watching those. You're- we're we're watching the theatricals for my sure but but i but i didn't own those so i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do i was at walmart and saw a nine dollar three pack and it was like lord of the rings theatrical edition and i was like i got nine (laughs) dollars and so now i own the theatrical cuts as well as the extended cuts
0: i've literally never seen the theatrical cut of two towers really or fellowship i think you've
2: been
1: wasting your time dude They tell the story so well on the theatrical version. Fucking well, tell me about it. Mark is going to have a hard time like finding the theatrical version. I'll, f- I'll find a version. Fly out I'll to probably, L.A. We'll probably... watch my DVDs together.
0: Deal. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Back on track. Right. What What movie are we talking about? So, Aaron, it, Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. Erin okay. Brockovich.
0: She has a job now yes she has a job <laughs> yeah no she's been, she does she, she, she just lost just lost her right. job yeah we hadn't mentioned that she got fired because she left work to go research and didn't mm-hmm. fucking tell anyone because she's yes. dumb well she vaguely she told did her tell yes. she, she tell said, yeah
2: is it okay if i go look into this and he was on the phone and busy and didn't really and have time like, oh, to yeah, ask any whatever. follow-up questions okay
0: yeah. here is what I, I love about his character is mm-hmm. like he is married, has a life of his own. At one point is like speaking French on the phone. I think at this point she like at walks in point, the room. Yeah. He's like speaking French on the phone is clearly embarrassed that she caught him speaking on the phone. And is like, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, go. Right. Bye. Um, and that's why he doesn't remember telling her to go, I think. But yeah, I just love the fact definitely. that he has like a full-ass life. Someone he's speaking French to on the other end of the phone. And in like in a normal movie – like in the last scene, his wife would come up and be like, "Voila, Mademoiselle," and you'd be like, "Oh, that's why we're speaking French." Right. Shut up, Cody. I know those words aren't French. Um, <laughs> your face looked like you were about to be like, "Actually, voila is Italian." Um, I think voila is French. do no. fucking know. Um, But this movie is like he has his own life, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter. She, um, this, is, this movie isn't called Albert Finney. It's called Aaron Brockovich. Right. Yeah. So, but that doesn't so, mean he's
2: like any less great in this and yeah. f- fully realized.
1: So I want to talk about, um, because this is kind of the best place to drop it, is how water kind of becomes terrifying in this movie. Mm-hmm. And me knowing the plot of this movie now going in, when she first meets with Donna Jensen, um, and Donna Jensen is telling um, her about being sick, yeah. It the camera kind of focuses on Donna Jensen taking a sip of water, mm-hmm. which is not something I would have noticed the first time. Now, there may be people who were more familiar with this case when this movie came out, and right. so they would have picked up on that right away, but I just thought it was interesting. Like, they put clues, yeah. and then there's a scene where Donna Jensen's kids are literally in a pool, yeah. like, just hanging out, and she, like, doesn't believe the water is bad, and then, like, Aaron is telling her, and then it's like, terror comes on her face and she yells at the kids to get out. And I think that's right. such a like, and it's, powerful, it's, good scene.
2: Well, it's devastating because it's like, at that point, it's not like getting the kids out of that pool is going to do anything. Like they're just right. in too deep,
3: but well, like she still, still have to like, shower and yeah, she's eat
2: She's and... still like doing all she can to like protect her kids, which is just like, let's just get them out of the water now. Right. And make but a plan. It, it,
0: it's just so scary because the one thing you need to survive uh, yeah. is now wow. poisoning, is poisoning you, you. yeah right.
1: yeah um so Ed comes to Aaron's house asking her about the documents she acquired during her investigation and Aaron uses this <laughs> opportunity to get rehired which with is a raise. so good and she gets her benefits and gets benefits and it's
2: so nice
1: um, she visits many more Hankley residents during her research and discovers that this is a widespread problem it grows also... into a class go, go ahead
0: go ahead finish up
1: it grows into a class action lawsuit, but the problem is that there's nothing linking it to PG&E corporate, which is where all the money is. Erin um, is so busy that it starts to affect her relationship with her kids and George, who at one point leaves but eventually returns. Um, the case has gotten so big that Ed brings in another law firm, much to Aaron's annoyance, as a large law firm are big city lawyers and don't seem to care that much about the people of Hinckley.
0: Um, at this point let's talk about the like the towns because there are yep. some like really great performances like Mary Helen Bergen, uh, who is on C- known for CSI mostly but she's so great as like the the first person that talks to Aaron um, uh,
1: Donna Jensen
0: yeah Donna Jensen um, I think that she's really good Cherry Jones of course always great um, as like mm-hmm. the person who is reluctant at first and then mm-hmm. slowly gets won over Um I I, I think that, like, the depiction of the town is so important here because um, Erin's motivation the whole time is the town, and that is why she, like, distances herself from her kids is because she knows that what she's doing is more important and it's bigger than just Mm -hmm. her and her family. And that
2: really comes into play in this one scene where, like, one of her kids is, like, looking at the files and uh, just, like, realizes, like, this kid in this file is, like, the same age as me, like and i yeah. think that's when it like clicks for him how important it is the work that his mom is doing
0: i really yeah. love that scene cuz he says well why doesn't his own mom help her yeah. um which is like him saying like well you're my mom and you should mom me and yeah. this person has their own mom and they can have her mm-hmm. and she's like well their mom is sick too mm-hmm. right um, and the it's, kid kind of sits there and is like okay yeah. okay i, I, I mean, guess he like, help. like
2: he finally like accepts it cuz that was yeah. like a big tension point between the kids and Aaron was like you're not spending time with me anymore all you care about is your job but like eventually both George and the children see how important it is what she's doing Mm. and how like yeah these are like real people with real faces and real lives that are being affected
0: yeah and this scene where she breaks up with George is so heartbreaking as well because he he's sitting there with like a ring or with earrings. And he earrings. says, yeah. I bought these when I saw them on sale, and I thought that you would like them. And I said, next time Aaron does something nice, I'm going to give her these as a surprise. And then he's like, that was six months ago. And you haven't done anything nice since then. Um, and that is just heartbreaking that, like, you know, she clearly loves him, and he clearly loves her. It's just that, like,
3: mm-hmm.
0: she, is, she has put the relationship on back burner because she's doing something more important for her.
1: Right, right. But her yeah.
0: response is that like, I've given up my whole life for men. She's been divorced twice, and she's like, now I have an opportunity to make a difference. And again, a man is just going to leave me. Um, yep. it's it's so heartbreaking, and it's one of those breakups where it's like, I completely understand where both sides are coming from, and they're both right. Yeah, and yeah. they're both doing the right things for themselves, but it sucks yeah absolutely I agree Yeah, it Um,
2: makes it feel like every not every movie but so many movies that like make one side of like a breakup or an argument the wrong side and one side is the right mm -hmm. side feel lazy in comparison to how well this is handled
1: yeah so th- so they also bring in like another law firm, right? And so that causes some tension. This mm-hmm. moment is actually referenced in the first season of Better Call Saul because they start working on like a class action suit and mm-hmm. they make a reference to like... Uh, Um, Jimmy doesn't want to do it and he's talking to his brother and it was like oh no we can handle this we can handle this and he says something like even Aaron Brockovich and Ed whatever his last name is had to bring in an outside firm when it got to be too much so Mm -hmm. I just thought that was fun because I watched that recently saw that episode and was like oh shit okay, good show
0: right uh, yeah. I wonder if they yeah. were referencing. I guess the time period would would tell you this, but if they were referencing the movie, or referencing like the actual case, the show the, it takes
2: place in two thousand three, so
1: it would be okay.
0: So it's the movie, a bit of both, probably the movie. I I I think it's
1: the actual case because they're lawyers, so, yeah. like, and so yeah. they would like know that, yeah. like, because that case it was the biggest class action settlement ever that's up to true that point yeah so i think yeah. lawyers would know the specifics
2: but also if it's jimmy mcgill saying it he's probably more into the pop culture of it but it was chuck, oh, who it was chuck said it it oh Yeah, he's talking
1: about the case yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um okay so knowing that pg and e could delay and delay and make the case cost so much ed decides to go into arbitration for a settlement but that requires the majority of the plaintiffs to agree um there's a i'll pause for a second and like there's a moment i love so much when the lawyers are giving kind of like a um kind of like a bullshit offer um and are like well we think it's more than fair (laughs) and you know there's like glasses of water in front of the like lawyers and at one point aaron is just like you know we had that water brought into you guys special from hinkley and the lady like is trying to like decide do i drink it to like show like oh nothing's actually wrong we're all good uh-huh. or do i risk like getting sick and she eventually just like caves and puts it down yeah love that moment so
2: much ed, the and, whole and build-up to that is so good too it's mm-hmm.
0: it like that monologue is fantastic and uh-huh. like she like picks up the glass and like pauses and like it cuts to ed who is like kind of confused and then he like kind of smiles like uh there's really nothing she can do here like she can either poison herself or admit defeat. Uh, well, here's the
1: thing. Right, I think it may have just been water from the it, lawyer. I'm sink. It like it doesn't matter. It yeah.
0: absolutely was, but the whole like the whole point is like if I'm bluffing, you better be right. fucking sure that I'm bluffing uh-huh. because you know how dangerous this water is. It is
1: such a fucking yeah. power move and it rules. And then
2: they say uh, one, one of the people on the other team goes like I think this meeting
0: is over.
1: And then yeah. Ed is like, You're damn right, it is. <laughs> yeah. He says it in such a chipper way. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so, th- this, go ahead,
0: this sequence also, like, when when Aaron meets with the other lawyers the first time, they, like, mm-hmm. write her off and they're like, Well, you forgot, like, phone numbers for a bunch of these people. And she was like, Who yep. did I forget phone numbers for? And they're like, Well, everyone. Yep. And she was like, Yeah, but, like, Which who, one? Which, which one? one? Yeah. And then they give her a name and she just, like, spouts off. Another the phone number, the disease, yeah. the yeah. whole family, all of their diseases, their cousins and all of their diseases. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's like, do you want their phone numbers too? And then the lady's like, I think we got off to the wrong f- foot. Uh, and then, <laughs> have you already said this line, Cody? Um, no, this the,
1: is going to be my end quote. End quote. But... The,
0: the quote she says is just so fucking amazing yeah. um, that it's like one of the most badass lines in the whole movie in possibly in any movie and you've yeah. got to this wait till the
2: full end of, of the podcast to hear it
1: yeah um. So Aaron goes to Hinckley and convinces all of them to sign, much to the surprise of the big city lawyers. Then she makes a joke that she is exhausted because she had to give them all sexual favors in order to like <laughs> sign. <laughs> it's such a good bit. She's like, you know, I had to give them all uh, oral favors.
0: <laughs> she was like, I had to give 634 blowjobs. Yeah. And I'm and, just
1: like so tired. So I'm just gonna sit here yeah. like yeah. Yeah, it's, The
0: way and, Ed, Ed, and like, Ed like pulls out a C4. Yeah. The way he yeah.
2: deals with Aaron and her like antics yeah, it's hilarious and at this point in the movie he's just used to her and he just like yeah. plays along it's so right. it's good. funny because in, the begin- in the beginning in the
0: beginning of the movie he would like cut her off because he knows that she's being like unprofessional and that it would you know she's just getting riled up but at the end of the movie he's like you know what this like this is what she does and yeah. it mm-hmm. works yeah. every time so I'm just gonna let her fucking do yeah. it he gets a yeah. kick
1: out of her and it gets the job done so right. yeah So while in Hinckley, Aaron is approached by a man who was a former employee of PG&E whose cousin just died from the poison. He was charged with shredding or like he was told to shred documents from PG&E, but he wasn't a good employee. So he provides those documents to Aaron, which includes evidence that corporate knew about the poison and told the Hinckley office to keep it quiet. So that's the proof she needed. She, you know, inspired the person to kind of give that away. And um
0: that scene is also amazing because he approaches her at a bar, and mm. at first you think he's hitting on her, and then you think he's threatening her, and right. then you realize that he's actually offering her a favor. Right.
1: Um, and then she goes out, like, to the phone booth and calls Ed. And,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that that scene is just so good because you really, like, as a watcher, you have no idea uh, yeah, wh- where he's know. coming yeah. from. And she clearly, like, on her face, you can see that she's, like, annoyed and then terrified. Right
1: um so the judge orders pgna to pay a settlement of 333 million dollars five million of which goes to the jensen family um ed gives aaron her bonus but adjusts it because it doesn't seem appropriate aaron gets furious talking about how hard she works but it turns out he was actually adjusting up to two million dollars so he gets to tell her she's like she like can't speak and then he parrots something back to her earlier because she said don't lawyers know how to apologize and he says don't beauty queens know how to apologize or don't they teach do they teach apologizing at beauty school because you suck at it yeah. which is the, the law of school yes yeah, it's the yeah. Reverse. And it's so good, and such a good final moment of like she made two million dollars, and then
2: slightly undercut by "Every Day Is a Winding Road" by uh, a little bit, yeah. (laughs) But no, it works. It's fine. It is wonderful.
0: Uh, I feel the ending of this movie is always weird to me because it's like they all agree to go to court. And then they win. I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> when did we go to court?
1: It does kind of end slightly abruptly, but I think it's fine because the movie is called Aaron Brockovich, and I doubt she did anything in the actual yeah. courtroom. Yeah, this was her story. she wasn't a lawyer. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the way to handle it. So yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. This movie rules. It's so good. Aaron
2: it's Brockovich a- is such a good character, such a good movie. It's awesome.
0: Uh, in the real life, Aaron Brockovich is in the movie and like one of the early scenes as a waitress. Just a fun fact. No right way. There.
1: I didn't realize yeah. that. Fun fact. Okay, so this movie is very good. Do you boys have anything else to say about it?
0: I mean, I think I think we, I touched on just about everything that I like yeah. about this movie, which is kind of all of the movie. <laughs> yeah, My, I,
2: I, my I, main I, thing I, with the movie was these monologues that are like so good, yep. it's like borderline annoying how good they all are. Yep, <laughs> it's just like too, too many... Ten out of ten monologues in this movie,
1: and I think all the performances in this movie are incredible. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's
2: it's truly like even the minor characters of the other women in the office that can't stand Aaron. Yes. Yep. Like, they're yep. great. Um, yeah,
1: I think this is weirdly like a good comfort food movie too. Like, I feel like you could throw this on on a Sunday afternoon, and like it's a pretty good like just.
0: It absolutely is. It makes you feel good. I turned it yeah. on on
1: a Monday
2: afternoon, and it made me feel good.
0: Yeah, I As mean, I watched this it episode. I guess it was last night? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it last night, Sunday afternoon, just getting some work done. It's fucking great. Yeah.
1: I watched it last Monday if we want to tell everybody when we watched the film.
0: (laughs) To be Um, clear, I watched it last uh, Sunday, the 7th of April. I would Mm. have watched it April (laughs) 1st. April 1st. Uh, April
3: 8th.
1: As we record Great, this wonderful. episode for me, it's currently it, it, eleven it seventeen shows you Eastern Time. <laughs> it it, it kind of shows you our personalities. That I like was over prepared and watched it a full week in advance, and then and like, I <laughs> waited till the last minute. <laughs> yes, it's I, just I, I um, knew I would have the time to watch it today, it's, it's right? Amazing. And I also do the summaries, and so like I've got to do it. In I advance.
0: also watched it within the month for the first time, so Bright. I like forgot that I had to rewatch it until last night. Um, and yeah. I am very busy currently with, <laughs> you know, festival stuff happening. Yeah. Um, right. So it's a miracle that I even got it watched. So, yes. you know, I the unfortunate
2: thing about this whole conundrum is, is another major comfort food movie is yes. uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, another one I feel <laughs> like I could turn on any Sunday afternoon yeah. and just watch. Right.
1: So. You know, everybody knows how this works. We voted against the movie that has already been established as the best movie of our particular year, and that previously was Oh Brother. And so now the question does become, is Aaron Brockovich better than Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I'm going to let Chad answer first. Okay, great.
2: Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm... I'm going to stick with my guns and vote for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I do love, 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 love this movie, and it's probably really close to the top of all timers on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oh Brother is just like, it's so ingrained in my bones of like why I like movies. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many just like iconic scenes and performances. Uh, it's just, it's just got to be that movie for me. It just, comes together. The soundtrack is amazing as we talked about uh last time right. on the podcast. Because all the pieces just come together better for me in that movie. It's nothing to do with uh Aaron Brockovich. I have nothing really critical to say
0: against Aaron Brockovich.
2: It's a wonderful movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Mark?
0: Um yeah, so I think this comes down to I mean, um we were talking before this movie, like what is your favorite Soderbergh and I put this in my top five Soderbergh movies I think that this is you know one of my favorite movies by one of my favorite directors
1: yeah. um
0: and then the Coen brothers I mean oh brother is probably up there with my favorite Coen brothers movie um yeah. I just think that at the end of the day um the Coen brothers I I don't love their the way that they usually structure their plots in in, in terms of you know it's it's not necessarily a s- story driven thing as much as it is a bunch of mm-hmm. Scenes, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. yeah. No, and that's um,
2: definitely what O Brother is like. I mean, you think O Brother is like about finding treasure until it's just not, <laughs> yeah. because it's its focus is more scene to scene.
0: Yeah, and, and Aaron Brokovich definitely is has more of like a drive behind it for in sure. a way that I just you know, and it's not that one is better than the other. It's just that what I'm looking for is usually. The the more plot heavy Aaron Brockovich type movies, um, but they both have you know the the qu- quotable dialogue, the, the quippiness, the really great characters. Um, they share a lot of qualities that I really love in movies. But I think at the end of the day, I just prefer a Soderbergh over a Soderbergh. Sorry, over a Cohen brothers. So I'll stick with Aaron Brock.
2: Fuck. <laughs> it all comes down to this.
0: I will say You're- that I will in no way be mad if um aaron brockovich wins <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> or Cohen, or i wouldn't know maybe mad if O brother or at that <laughs> wins
1: That's just... well so here's the thing i thought i ha- knew oh
2: no and then mark I, I see i see where this is going
1: <laughs> mark's reasoning truly made me be like oh wait a minute so now it's hard. Now, like I thought, I knew for sure. Now I'm more on the fence. Man,
2: do I need to give another
1: speech about "Oh, brother, where art thou"? No, or... let, <laughs> let let me talk through my <laughs> I'll, feelings. I'll let you do it, yeah. Because uh, I don't talk enough on this podcast. Can um, you do it
0: in the style of Aaron Brockovich? Just the monologue. Just the monologue.
1: Um, so the thing is, like, I do love "Oh, brother." I do. It, this sounds like uh, a
2: monologue that's leading to voting for Aaron. <laughs> I so. I just
1: so so "Oh, brother," I love. I think which this is not a consideration seeing as the movie that's winning right now overall is Titanic, but oh brother seems like the more obvious pick and more kind of basic film bro pick. pick, um, which doesn't, you know, disclude it from anything. I'm just, I'm talking through my feelings here. Um, so it's like, like my, a part of me is like, well, don't be an idiot. That is the one you surely like have to pick. But on the flip side, like Mark was saying, if, There's a type of movie that I would rather watch. It is something that falls more like Aaron Brockovich. I love legal drama type stuff. I love anything that's very Sorkin-esque. That's one thing that Mark and I do kind of like um, fall in line on. But... Uh, Cody
0: still hasn't watched West Wing and you should shame him for that. I
1: know. Um, But... but then. And I love the Cohens, um, and I love the jokes and stuff in "O Brother," and I love the performances in "O Brother. But that type of movie is not necessarily the movie that I always love. but but <laughs> fuck, I truly don't know what to do here. Um, hmm.
0: I'm in a good, em- good radio. I yeah, know. You're, all this you're gonna dead have to air. No it's off. fine. We're, we're filling
2: um, we're filling the dead <laughs> air enough. Suspense is important for
1: these decisions. I'm, I'm if if I give you
2: a ten second countdown, okay. will you abide by it and just blurt out whatever you think it's going to be?
1: I promise I'm not milking this. Ten, this isn't me being performative. God nine, damn it,
2: eight. I like seven.
1: This. Six, up. five.
2: And slow down. Four, again. three,
1: two, one. I think it's Aaron Brockovich. Ah! <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Okay. okay. It's a really good movie.
0: I, it, uh, I guess this I is truly say,
1: one of the hardest decisions for me personally. This podcast has been. You've said
0: so that far. so many times.
1: I say it maybe every single <laughs> it's week. It's getting <laughs> harder, <to> and harder <laughs> every too. week. It is getting harder. <laughs> wow. Fuck.
0: I'm honestly I just,
2: surprised, but I mean, hey, Aaron Brockovich is great. I just.
1: I think it is once I started thinking about the dialogue, and that is, I mean, Chad has attempted to, not attempted, we've been successful a couple times, just nobody cares to read them. But Chad and I have, like, written scripts together before. You know that my, what I love in, like, scripts and stuff is hyper talky, like, that kind of, like... Oh, yeah, you like, um, you
2: like characters like Aaron, who I do. speak their like, mind, that is... like, long-windedly, but also poignantly
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Where, it just is more
0: to what i like yeah coen brothers also have fantastic dialogue but it's um, heightened dialogue it's i think i
1: think what i like is the um quote-unquote more realistic dialogue yeah. stuff but i guess sorkin's hyper stylized yes. actually yeah, yeah.
0: Nobody I, actually talks like that. But I guess what I mean is I, coens I think, I are
1: old-timey and western.
0: The the faster the, <laughs> the faster, faster paced dialogue is what you're more inter- interested in Cody. Yes, I Whereas love
1: fast paced stuff. The Coens and especially
0: myself. in O Brother have a really slow paced because It's the south and mm. you know and, and these characters are kind of like you know slower. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. there's
2: a lot of repeated lines in all of Coen Brothers, but, like, particularly O Brother. I mean, Damn, We're in a Tight Spot is repeated probably, like, yeah. four times. Which is very good, uh, yeah. People say R-U-N-N-O-F-T a few times. Like, it's...
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there's, like, a lot of repetition in and Coens, which I is, like... I don't know. It, it's, it's weird because, like, I feel like that's, like, a rule they're kind of breaking in a way because, like, you don't want to just hear the same thing over and over again, but... You almost like want the characters to say "bonafide" like twenty times. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, it's 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 very much like making things into catchphrases pretty fast, and it's not mm-hmm. even in a like a cheesy catchphrase machine. Um, my dude, kind of a thing. Um, like in what is my dude? Justice League, Aquaman says it. My man, no. he says
1: my man. My man. Okay, well,
0: whatever. Booyah. It, it, it's it sucks how much they try to give a character like catchphrases in yeah. two scenes. Um, Dressed yeah. like a bat, I dig it.
1: Yeah. yeah, what the fuck does that mean? Sorry.
0: Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> but the the Cohen brothers very much have like you know characters saying dumb stuff, and the dumb stuff mm-hmm. that they say is funny because the characters are dumb. Whereas mm-hmm. you know this the and Sorkin and Soderbergh are more interested in people saying like smart things and. Like It being fun how smart what they're saying is. In Burn After
2: yeah. Reading, George Clooney's like catchphrase is he hits his stomach with his hands after having sex and says, I could go for a run.
1: He says that <laughs> yes. five times minimum in yeah. that movie.
2: <laughs> and every time he
1: says it, I love it. It's so great. There's true. Like uh, it, it, it was hard. Like, um, I just was checking my rankings on the best picture things, and I had to adjust them a little bit because my feelings, like, uh, you know, feelings change. Mm-hmm. If I actually like was, um, duty bound, I would be tinkering with every single list I had on Letterbox all the time because my <laughs> opinion always changes. But I was yeah. looking at where Aaron Brockovich and O'Brother Brother fell, and it is literally like. Oh, brother, uh, seven and Aaron Brockovich six. (laughs) Like they are that close to me. Yeah. So it, uh, it was a tough choice. I don't know. I don't know what to say.
2: Cool. I mean, I think both of these movies for on my list, I haven't put them on yet, but I think they're gonna end up higher up than seven and six for me. They're both. These are top ten for me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. I I mean, think we've talked about like forty
1: are... movies in this podcast, so like yeah, but yeah, but yeah. still making it into the top ten like no, what when I'm saying. we've like, done it's, forty it's movies. Forty yeah.
2: movies that like we in theory
1: like Yes. I, th- I, guess I think there's that like there are four in- we hate
0: entire like. years that we've covered that both of these movies would probably win that year. Oh, Possibly. absolutely. I'm trying to think if that's true.
1: I mean ninety eight it would have won. In 98? Yeah. Uh what one in ninety eight? Uh I don't oh i actually have all the notes um rushmore 1 in 98 i think it's better than i think both of these are better than i still
0: like rushmore a lot i think both of these are better than rushmore
1: um election 1 in 99 i love election i think both of these movies are better than election i would agree
2: with election and i think i would agree with rushmore as well yeah Um, i think
1: i would in 96, it was Fargo. I think both of these movies are better than Fargo. I think
0: Fargo is really good. I think the brother is is like tied with
2: Fargo, (laughs) which I know Cohen, uh, but I think I like Fargo more than Aaron Brockovich.
1: Before Sunrise, I think I have no, I have uh, lower, even though I do like that movie a lot.
2: Before Sunrise and Fargo are both on my like letterbox where you pick four movies. Uh, those are both, Mm -hmm. those are two of the four
1: right um and then 94 was Lion King Lion King is better than both of these for me and (laughs) And then Jurassic Jurassic Park Park. is better than both of these for me yeah
0: I would put both things above Lion King I don't know about Jurassic Park
1: gotcha we're not going to talk about whether or not it's better than Titanic because we will get to that later (sighs) unless we don't unless we don't we don't that's true um so let's wrap it up. Hey uh Mark what's the best movie of 1990? Nope. Fuck. What's the best movie of the you? year Y2K, The Willennium. Um the year 2000. I oh.
0: almost put Willinium in the monologue just to make you laugh. <laughs> um the, the best movie of the the turn of a millennium year is uh I forgot to say Willennium that time. I just said the regular word. It's Eric Brockovich. Hey uh, Chad, same question to you.
2: Uh, you can find uh, Mark on oh, shit. Twitter <laughs> at Fuck. Watlington Mark. You can find yep. me at Chad A. Oliver. You can find Cody at Cody Lensford on Twitter. He's Cody Lensford underscore. You can find the show at WeBigPix. Pick uh, and uh, the best movie of the year 2000 is Aaron Brockovich. Uh,
1: Cody! Thanks, Chad. <laughs>
2: what's the best movie of the year 2000?
1: Um, the best movie of the millennium <laughs> thus far is Aaron Brockovich. Um... um uh, and that's it everyone thanks for listening and remember that's all you got lady two wrong feet and fucking ugly shoes
0: fucking ugly shoes love it
1: Next week on Best Pictures, we are, we are watching my pick for the year 2000. Uh, it is our first foreign film on the podcast, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, directed by Ang Lee, um, and it is available to watch on Netflix.